1: Hello, and welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest. We're in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the virtual table to talk about sex, <sighs> identity, <Ooh>. culture, <laughs> what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought, you got nuts, we got butts. Yay! <laughs> oh my god! No. Oh my no, god.
2: No, no, no. Nuts, nuts. If only we, nut nut. If only
1: we could bring those nuts and
2: butts together.
0: I yeah. all we
2: need. Oh. I'm Ooh, responsible, man.
1: socially distant nuts.
2: <laughs> and response
3: to socially distant butts. Yeah. Ale- Producer Alex is on mute, but her face looks absolutely disgusting. She's right so now. distraught. She's, qu- she's quitting the show as we speak.
1: <laughs> I can't help it if either. I'm a poet. Come on now. Nuts, butts. It was the perfect rhyme. It was a sweetheart rhyme.
3: <laughs> it was perfect. It was absolutely I almost perfect. spit out my rose. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
1: Uh, how I'm many boxes did you get today, Joe? How many boxes of, of wine did you get today?
3: So it's four twenty. I bought two boxes of wine, which is eight bottles. And the eight bottles altogether was $40. Oh. And uh, it's not a bad rosé. It's not a good rosé, but it's not a bad rosé. But, you know, it's a, it's like that quarantine rosé that is just going to... Mm. It's, it's it's quantity over quality right now in my life you guys it's we just, kind help. Of just
1: help. talked about this a little bit before we started recording but Fran was talking about how he isn't really drinking that much um and I you know I found myself not drinking that much either but mostly because like I love like fun time drinking you know what I mean I mean it's mm. no uh everyone in this chat knows that I like to drink um but I like fun <laughs> drinking I remember one time we were all meeting up at a bar in like the east village and I showed up and I was like really upset and um I Think one of you was like here, have a glass of wine, and I was like, no, I can't. I don't do the upset drinking or like yeah, 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 uh, yeah, the um, anger drinking or the sad drinking. So it's been a little bit less, but I do happen to have these happy hours at five o'clock where I have a one white claw, and it does me very well. Thanks so much.
2: (laughs) That's a good way to. That's a good way to be. I am not big on drinking by myself, so I'm actually drinking less than I wanted to be, but it makes me feel better. Like the single. Most important thing to calming my anxiety is having a bunch of wine in my house. I was supposed mm. to have some delivered right oh. before this and my wine store was like, order again tomorrow, we're closing the store. And I was like, fuck. I need so to having have- the wine,
3: not drinking it, but just having it. Just, just in having case. it. Just, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, for yeah, what yeah. I get
2: for when it gets really, really dark to know it's there. Mm. If I have nothing else, I have wine.
3: Drinking alone is my favorite thing. Um, I'm definitely, you know, enjoying a glass of wine after, like, my crazy long-ass days of work. So, yeah, Rosé and I are getting along just fine right now. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's very
4: healthy, Joe. I'm uh, I'm definitely, you know, coping with um, my loneliness in a much more healthy way by getting high out of my mind every night and watching <laughs> bad reality television, so. Thank you, yeah. Alex, for paving the way <laughs> I just for me. The Alex shoe. walked so I could run <laughs> in this quarantine.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. She literally friend. is drinking mushroom tea right now. <laughs> Alex way. is sprinting. If you're running, Alex is sprinting. Alex is always <laughs> winning this race. Yikes. How high are you right now, Alex? <laughs> How just high. thumbs up. She's just <laughs> thumbs up.
1: Thumbs up,
4: just
3: thumbs
1: up. <laughs> uh, all we need. So I am Tommy <clears throat> Teebs, Pico, indigenous American poet, screenwriter, single and not actively mingling. And today I was able to get through one hour of Tracy Anderson DVD workouts on YouTube without stopping. That is strength. And-
3: I'm Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer. And y'all, y'all. I showered today. Congratulations. I'm so proud, proud of, of myself. But yes. Did you wash your
4: legs, though? Did no, you I, still did my legs. Not, I still did not <laughs> wash my
3: legs, no. I absolutely <laughs> did not wash
4: I'm Fran. I'm a writer, editor, and uh, I'm in a very committed relationship with um, my right hand today. Uh, Ooh, and yes, most days, yes, honestly, things yes. are getting pretty serious. Um, <laughs> wow. well, I, you know, I think we're going to get a domestic partnership. soon? <laughs> Do you think it's for life? Fran? Do you think it could be yeah. for life? I mean, I, it's not really in my nature to, to commit to things long-term, but we'll see, Joe. We'll see.
2: <laughs> um, is
4: this Fran's
2: first relationship that isn't on social media? <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, you know what? I I have lots of relationships. They just don't appear on social
2: media. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader and a writer, a former figure skater, and y'all, I'm on. The, I'm a bottom on the verge of a closed-up pussy from this quarantine shit
4: not a closed up bussy i think it's going i think no. it's going to sh- i think it's going to close up and
3: retract not into my a body oh,
4: bussy. No, not no, a closed no. up bussy <laughs> the oh brioche
3: suisse has no center the, the <laughs> yeah. falcon cannot hear the falconer the, the center, center will not hold, will not hold. <laughs> oh i just fell out dennis <laughs> will you tell us what we have on the
1: menu this week
2: <laughs> um thoughts today's topic is intimacy we start with our iconic game swipe right swipe left we offer our trash ass advice and encourage a second opinion we get intimate like never before and for dessert we have a new king
3: Ooh, ooh, take it away i mm, I'm feeling
1: a little bit peckish. So let's start the top of the show the way any good top should, with a little tease, our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse bouche, and to amuse your booshes,
4: uh, we're doing a game. Who's got it? I got it. Today we Pick are playing Swipe Right, Swipe Left again, a lovely little quarantine edition. If you are not aware of how to play this game, swiping right is how a good dare thing. You. Swiping left. Yeah, honestly, you should know how to play this game already. Or maybe you're like new to the podcast, that's fine our audio quality usually doesn't sound like this but hey let me tell you I'm gonna go through a list of things y'all are gonna tell me swipe right or swipe left are you ready yes Yes. yeah let's do this swipe right swipe left buzz cuts Oh, that's rude. I do
1: need a haircut. You can just shut up about that right now. <laughs> I need a haircut so fast. Where the wild things, grow. You know what we, I, I mean? Like, it's just all over the place. Y'all,
3: I, um, I had a, a, a girl that I had a huge crush on in high school, and she wanted to shave my head. And I let her do it just so that she would touch me. And in that moment, I realized that I have a very ugly-shaped head. Like, I have a ridge up top. Oh, like, I need this ew. hair. I ew. need this hair to maintain what little attractiveness I have. And so no, I'm so scared about what's gonna happen in the next oh, no. two months. Wait, I am you
4: have a very beautiful head, so <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Joe, you are such a lesbian Joe. You because no, like okay. literally lesbian, like lesbian haircut fetishes are so real. You will find it in like every other season of the L-word, like so many different like erotic haircutting scenes. Let me tell you. <laughs> You are a lesbian. Um, But anyways, to answer the question, I personally am definitely going to be getting a buzz cut. It's either that or I try and give myself a mullet because I think, you know... I think I would look really cute with like a little baby mullet, but like
3: <laughs> you would look really cute with that little
1: bullet. i have been threatening lo- to do this since I... before the quarantine, though.
4: The fact that I don't have to see anyone in public, you know, is it, it, it would help me a little bit, right? Tortoise King. Um, but yeah, in all likelihood, I think we, I think it's buzz cut season, y'all. I think we all have to do it. <laughs> I,
2: I, I refuse. I, ref- I like buzz cuts on other people. I will never get one ever.
4: Not gonna happen. I'm gonna send you guys a a picture of this really cute mullet I saw, and you guys can just, you know, let me know whether it's cute or not. Anyways, (laughs) swipe right, swipe left. Labor intensively disinfecting your groceries.
3: Oh my God. Oh (laughs) my
1: God. Left,
3: left, left. Everything
1: is so much harder now.
4: I I started um,
1: getting boxes from a local farm because Mm. just to circumvent the grocery process. And Mm -hmm. I mean... uh, I mean, it's got, like that shit still got the dirt on it. You know what I mean? So it was uh, a washing, um, uh, labor intensive washing uh, situation before this all happened. And now with the soap and the water and the drying, it's just like, an extra, like, hour and a half
4: sometimes.
1: Yeah. Exact yeah. same.
4: I'm in the exact the exact same boat, Joe. And also, just a total side note, instead of using, like, Instacart, if you do, like, grocery delivery, you guys should do um, Shop Mercado, which is basically, like, Instacart, but, like, for for smaller and, like, local businesses. So you're, like, Ooh. helping support your, like, local grocery store, your, your, like, local kind of food provider, or, like, you know, farm cart or whatever, but doing it, you know, through an app. Oh, that's totally amazing! Easy. Can you write down, all right that, yes. uh, that for us? Yeah, Mercato, M E R C A T O. I promise this is not sponsored by Mercato. <laughs> it's, <not, laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just, it's just, called Mercato. It's great. Swipe right, swipe left. Bidets.
2: Oh, swipe right. There are bottoms. They're, they're essential for any bottom. They're phenomenal. But you want to get a bidet that um, doesn't only shoot out cold water. You want to get a bidet yes. that will give you the warm water. That is crucial.
4: Yes. It's crucial. I totally mm-hmm. agree. Swiping left on everyone who's only now catching up to bidets. Because- I, <laughs> I agree. <know. laughs> Is it Tommy? Tommy? No,
1: but I have a great story about someone who's a Johnny come lately when it comes to bidets. And I'm not going to say this person's name, but it's a very good friend of mine who decided to get Uh, a a bidet and was like, man, fuck toilet paper. I don't fuck with toilet paper no more. You know, fight about toilet paper in the grocery store. You know, you can miss me with that shit. And went up and (laughs) installed the bidet in their apartment and it leaked all night long and it (gasps) destroyed the ceiling of the apartment below them and now they're liable for damages.
2: (laughs) Oh my (laughs) God. Oh my God. That's Wait, horrifying. that's my nightmare. So no, get wow. it professionally
1: installed, yes. Get,
2: get it professionally installed unless you know what you're doing, absolutely. That shit yeah. takes um some time. I'm currently, I, well, I'm, I'm not seeing someone right now because no one is seeing anyone, but I in theory I'm seeing someone who has a bidet and they installed it themselves and it was like the sexiest fucking thing to me. Oh. Swipe
4: left on anybody who's like, it's gay to get a bidet. Us, I mean, it is, is kind it, of gay. It is very gay to get a banana. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> <I laughs> Where's the a a
0: lie? There's a rhyme. <laughs> it rhymes. It's, it's, right. it's fine. <laughs>
4: swipe right. Yeah. Swipe right, swipe left, not wearing pants to work.
2: Oh, swipe, swipe right. Yeah.
4: You guys. Swipe, swipe right. La- guys, no, swipe left. <laughs> the number one thing about working from home, aside from, you know, taking walks and standing up and feeding yourself, is... Get dressed for work. You're gonna be depressed yeah. if you're in sweatpants all day. You're gonna be depressed if you're sitting in your bed. You're gonna be depressed if you're like, yeah, it's just don't be a schwab. Like yeah, I, it helps. Yeah, I did Tommy. that too.
1: I I I feel like the weird thing is I'm paying way more attention to myself now than I did during the yeah. quarantine. Before the quarantine, like I got a body polish, I'm exfoliating every day. I work out every day for an hour. Like I do the full like grooming and everything. And I get up and I put my outfit on and yeah, I yeah, go yeah. sit at my table. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love getting
2: I love getting dressed from the top up. Like I'm all about that in this (laughs) scenario, but I'm very happy to be sitting there. And I mean, I actually am wearing pants right now, but I'm very happy to be not wearing pants. Like that's just like, let it all run free.
3: And one of the things that I've been doing to um, counteract that is that so I'm teaching remotely now, which is a little different than taking meetings. But um, normally I stand when I teach, and so I also stand mm. when I teach remotely, uh, which mm. means you can see my pants. Which it also I think it's just helping my students feel a little normally, like they. I'm trying to set it up such that it looks like I'm in the classroom, right? Um, and that means that on the days that I teach, yeah, I do. Get, I get fully dressed. My students can see me how they normally would, um, and those. Yeah, it does help the uh, sort of feel like I'm <laughs> doing something. Mm something on those days
4: that and the sun i know you're a big proponent of the sun joe you're a Mm -hmm. sun apologist
3: (laughs) (laughs) i just i wanted to turn me lobstery red yes i just wanted to hurt
4: hurt my skin i personally am very anti-sun as an actual vampire um i will not uh swipe right swipe left (laughs) coronavirus memes (laughs) like internet jokes about, yeah, that is, I, do you, I, I don't know. Does anybody have, I feel like a lot of people have complicated feelings about them and they're like, well, like, Oh, I don't, don't make memes about this. Like it's not funny. But Listen, like, is, is that Cardi B
3: coronavirus oh, it's song. It's so funny. Got oh, me. my God. Oh shit my shit God. is getting real. It's <laughs> so shit good. Is getting real. It's Man, it's when so they so show good. Elmo
1: on that and then Bugs Bunny and <laughs> Pam Pam the dancers.
2: Up. It's so good. It's so good. It's
3: and so then good. They,
1: they
2: inserted it into a Donald Trump speech, and I was just like, this is everything. I, I swipe right on the memes. I'm sorry. It might be problematic, but I just feel like anything that can provide a little levity is a good thing.
3: Dennis, obviously, are- that's your least problematic take ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean true, There,
4: true. There, there are a lot of memes that I'll just like. I'm like, okay, I'm not posting that, but that, that'll go straight to my Finsta. But like, <laughs> I think in general, it's like, like. Let us cope with humor, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think Tommy is like definitely like like me in this instance. Like I, I, I think that humor really is like a life-saving thing and if that's your way through this, then that's your way through this.
1: I mean, you know, as a person who came from a reservation and whose uh, humor is deeply steeped in tragedy and trauma itself, sometimes that's the only way over. Yeah,
3: as long as you're not punching down, right? Like as yeah. long as you're not a yeah. person in a pl- position of privilege, punching down at people who are not, then yeah. Swipe right, swipe left, fleshlights. I wouldn't know. I know. Wait, I really? really? Do you have one? I do.
4: Well, I, I, work, I work in queer media, so like I have tons and tons of sex toys that are given to me for free, one of them being...
1: A kind of How is it? Fleshlight. Are you a proponent? Yes. Are you are you
4: pushing this on the girl? Um, I would I don't love I don't love it, but I you know, I was just thinking about, you know, toys, everyone's reinvesting in their toy collection mm-hmm. quarantine. Maybe they like flashlights. Flashlights is like for like straight dudes. Not that there are any straight dudes listening to this <laughs> podcast. Well, there might be like um but uh, you know, I think that um <laughs> Alex's face was like nah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is like absolutely not. But yeah, I think that um uh, I don't know. I I I really liked mine. So How I'm the only one would... on this, I'm the only one on the podcast who has tried a flashlight. How is that possible? I don't
3: know. Does your flashlight so... have a booty hole on the outside or, no, or a, no, a JJ? I... That and would really take asterisk. me out of it. No, <laughs> I would take that. Tommy!
4: Tommy! <laughs> Mine is much more modern. Right? It, lo- it looks like a machine. It doesn't look like a butthole. It's, it's um, a mid-century modern huh. fleshlight. Yeah, friend. it's <laughs> a mid-century, yeah, yeah, it's from West Elf. It's an uh, Rhymes flashlight. Uh, fleshlight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, a Jonathan Adler fleshlight. <laughs> no! Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, swipe right swipe left virtual watch parties like watching netflix shows with your friends i don't yeah. do that i would love to do that is there a swipe f- is there an app Tommy. For that? well there's a um there are a few little plugins that you can do but i think they're all stupid i think what i do is like i'll just facetime my friends and we'll start the, the same show time. at the exact same time. Like we'll yeah. time it over FaceTime and then we'll get off and then we'll just get in, get in our group chats and I chat about it. I do miss episode. watching things with people. I do. Oh my yeah. God. Tommy, I'll watch anything with you. Do you want to watch um, Are You absolutely. the One? That reality show? Oh are, you my God. Let's do it. are you the one? Let's do it. Are you the one? Oh my God. Oh, I've we, heard this about is like a side show. note. This is a total side note, but there's this amazing reality competition. Sh- well, the show itself is not great. It's called Are You the One? But they did a queer season of it where everyone, mm-hmm. every contestant, That's was fine. Um, sexually fluid. And it is insane. We should watch.
1: I love those, um, like when they would do the gay episodes of those MTV dating shows, like Next or right. whatever. And oh, it'd it be was like, so good. You be like four four people trying to date one person, but then the four people in the van would just end up dating each other. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> that
4: shit don't work for us. We're
1: okay. just gonna date each other. We're not looking for the one. We're looking it's for so the good. one right now. <laughs> it's so good.
4: Okay, so we're here for virtual watch parties. Swipe right, swipe left. Virtual sex parties.
0: Yes. Hey, where. are <laughs>
4: I I am just now hearing about these. Where do we find virtual sex parties? Who's doing these? Um, Can you point the girls in the right direction?
3: I know that there's a party called Inferno in New York. And I will say that when I was, like, talking to um, some party promoters and nightlife and sex parties and trying to get them to shut down before the city made them shut down just for our community's safety, um, Inferno was... absolute best in terms of listening and understanding and making the right call. And they've been setting up Zoom parties and some of them are just chats and like check-ins and how's everyone doing? And then some of them are like, sex parties Uh, Hmm. and there was a write-up of one on it wasn't on out it was on huffington i don't know where it was There was a write-up of one we'll put it in the show notes and um it was like yeah they were like if people were jerking off and then uh, a thruple got in and was doing a spit roast and everyone was watching and it was sort of moderated by the party host it sounded great yeah Yeah. i didn't i didn't attend that one but yeah you know
4: now maybe i will get into one of these i have like i don't i don't know i there's a certain level of anonymity that i like to preserve and why that's why i don't frequent sex parties but
3: yeah you know. maybe I you know the, that get that's... a face mask fran like put it right. oh, on a I richard have, nixon mask yeah. i mean
4: I, ha- I have tattoos on I theme tattoos. you
2: do right. have you do have distinctive tattoos i've never been a sex party person so i don't know i'm glad that they exist though for people yeah. like i but i'm i don't know i feel like i'm too shy to do that and it would be like mixing different worlds because like i talk to my family on zoom (laughs) like i don't know i would feel weird
1: oh no i can't i mean i'm just i don't have the energy sorry i am barely allowed to do it with myself (laughs) 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 all right gotta go bye
2: Cha-ching! Get out your coin, purses, benches. It's time for Penny for Your Thoughts. This is our uproarious, salacious um, advice segment where we take your questions and we give our trash-ass answers.
3: Thank you so much, D. Uh, this is Joe. I'm taking it this week. We put out a call for questions in quarantine and us for like, fucking idiots are going to do our best. We're just going to try, you know, and that's all you can really ask just try. for. Try. All right, first up. Uh, I have a very important question they ask. Do you have a list of books you'd recommend? Based on your recommendations, I've read Mostly Dead Things by friend of the pod, Kristen Arnett, and it completely rocked my world. Duh. Uh, I'm in the middle of Severance by Ling Ma right now, and I absolutely adore it. Yep. In short, I need more. My city is probably going to be quarantined soon, so I'm amassing a collection of as much literature as possible. Thank you for being such a big part of my life and for sharing yours with me.
2: Oh. Oh, I love that question. Um, so I have a couple of recommendations that are that are debut books that have just come out. I also want to encourage everyone who's in in a position to be Purchasing books to support um, local and indie bookstores as best you can, and a lot of them are doing um, delivery, so that's a way to contribute to local businesses. Um, but the debut novel that just came out of out almost a month ago, Temporary, by Hillary Leichter, is really incredible. It's had glowing reviews in every. Um, outlet and it's just wonderfully escapist and surreal so it's the sort of thing that i think you can really lean into and read quickly because it's it's short and it's paced really well but just sort of lose yourself um and have a few hours to not think about this the situation that we're in and it's a great critique of late capitalism and then i just started um the new book by our eric thomas that also came out in the last month called here for it which is which our essays, our Eric Thomas is a really phenomenal freelance writer, queer black man, and the book is funny as fuck. So I would say find that one as well. Um, and those are going to be two things that I think um, can keep you going for a while. Right. I
4: also want to support a few friends who are who have like books coming out books coming out and who's um, kind of like either tours or like launch plans have been like postponed because of the pandemic, which is really unfortunate. Because usually, any time you know this, your tour is like kind of the supply. Oh,
1: most of all, your motherfucking uh, money is coming from there. Yeah. yeah.
4: Um, so, shout out to um, a book called *The Willies*, a beautiful book of, of poetry by my friend Adam Faulkner. Yay. Just came out. Strongly recommend it. Um, this came out in the winter, but it's what I'm reading right now. Um, *Cleanness* by Carth Greenwell. We've talked about this on the pod already, but. I'm just devouring that. So um, good. Former guest on the podcast, Meredith Toulousan, has a book out called Fairest about her experience as a trans disabled albino person. Um, she's super amazing, super smart. Her book is a joy to read. And then also um, Matt Ortile has a book coming out called The Groom Will Keep His Name. That's a really mm. wonderful Finally, Cameron Esposito also had a book tour that was canceled, unfortunately, um, and her book called Save Yourself is a memoir, and y'all should read it.
1: What I'm going to start. Yeah, I'm gonna start um, The Immortalist by Chloe Benjamin. Um, Morgan recommended it to me because it's like, I was like, I want something plotty, I want something I can lose myself in. Um, I would suggest Sana Sana by Ariana Brown. Um, She (laughs) was gonna have her launch party, I think, at AWP. So (laughs) another person whose plans have been, um, or whose tour and stuff has been um, postponed and that's from Game Over Books. Uh, In terms of like stuff like, okay, I t- I would I would say little fires everywhere um the book itself I I was a fan of producer Alex not so much but it is just such a densely a plotted book that it's easy to lose yourself in. I read it during mm-hmm. tour last year, and it was just something that I could take on, take with me to the air on an airplane, and just like forget that I was going to be sitting in the same place for a few hours. So that was something to get lost in. the The television adaptation, I wouldn't say so much. I don't. I think it's like I don't think it's bad. It's just joyless, and mm-hmm. yeah, and and unfortunately, it looks like somebody is slaughtering a cat in front of Kerry Washington all the time. She's got that yeah. like like little tear and like yes. quiver yeah, the inspired. Yeah, producer I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> alex did she's not like that much.
3: metaphor we've she's seen her cat's son in and out the image in this thing and she's like slaughtering she's like no nope. how dare you <laughs> uh Fran, uh, Fran actually took two that I was going to recommend, which was Garth's oh. book and Meredith's book. Um, both oh. highly, highly recommend those two. Um, and I'm just going back to classics. I actually am really having a hard time consuming new things and I'm trying not to judge myself for that. So I'm rereading Sharon Olds' Odes, which are just super joyful to me. And so they're little one-page, two-page poems at the most. Uh, and they um, transport me somewhere um, and remind me of you know, what it means to be a human. I was like, I
4: swear to God, Mm -hmm. if you recommend David Foster Wallace, I will jump (laughs) off of
3: my balcony.
4: (laughs) Wait, you will? Promise? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it'd be nice to get some sun.
3: (laughs) Okay, next up. As a responsible person during this pandemic, I have been stuck inside the last couple of weeks. Can we give them a round of applause?
1: Yay,
3: you're doing it Keep going, boo. Past the time, I've mainly done two things. Re-listen to old episodes of your show, so nice, and watch porn. Like most people, I've been socialized to be attracted to white people. But I'm trying to work through that and be less prejudiced in my sexual preferences. When I watch porn, I'm finding myself having to choose between videos that don't star POC and videos that fetishize them, and neither of these feel like good choices. Mm-mm. Do y'all have suggestions for me? How can I find good free porn that stars people of color in a non-fetishy way?
4: Whoa. Uh, Whoa, okay, a lot. so there's a lot so to unpack there. Let's let's talk about a few things. But yeah. first of all. Ethical porn consumption in apocalypse, in times of the apocalypse. I think that, you know, tell yourself, everyone listening to this podcast, like, sex workers are super-duper-duper in trouble right now. Their industry has already always been under fire, whether it was because of technology, because of governmental ordinances, because of of horophobia. So, you know, like, always, always, always invest in sex workers. But, you know, at this particular moment, like, Buy some porn. Pay for your porn. Paying for porn is ethical consumption. Correct. And you yeah. know what I mean? That that you are supporting sex workers in doing so. And you should and to this, you know, this person's point, you should you should invest in sex workers that are not problematic, that <laughs> curate and do a lot to make sure that um, you know, they are not catering to fetishistic ideas of sex and sexuality. Um, I think Joe, you were you were about to say something.
3: Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, I think that especially this question is sort of about um, you know, uh, like race in porn and especially if you're consuming porn across race it is there is no way i think to consume porn both freely and ethically right so pay your porn stars that's it yeah,
4: yeah it's it's very that and you know there are a lot of places you know to consume Porn that maybe has, especially if you're like women or femme, there's a lot of like kind of femme and like um, women driven porn out there that is trying to take back this, an industry that you know, usually caters to the male gaze. Um, there are some resources that are not necessarily off the top of my head, but maybe we can put some in the show notes. We always say we're going to put something in the show notes and then we never actually do it. So maybe we should actually do it this time. I mean, so for, um, for me, I, oh, I, for love,
3: I love Twitter, right? And Twitter has a lot yeah. of porn stars. The cool thing about Twitter is that porn stars usually making their own content outside of mm-hmm. a studio. So there's sort of no like that kind of studio oppression that happens and the sort of forced different things that can happen in porn studios. Not always, but that can. So you're going directly to the people who are making the porn. They're often making the porn with others. Twitter porn stars, which is great. But you can kind of go there and they put up little clips of their video, of their videos that are like two minutes long. You're engaging directly with their accounts. You can kind of like uh, scope around a little bit and decide, you know, maybe two or three people whose stuff you like and who you feel mm-hmm. like are not fetishizing, who you feel like are not problematic and who maybe are not just not problematic, but maybe they're liberatory, right? Maybe they're people mm-hmm. who imagine sex and pleasure in a way that it will actually unlock things in you uh, that you never even imagined. And for me, you know, I definitely think cage jock has a really good analysis of everything. And he's like, uh, you know, sort of usually sub, but sometimes with his cage on, will peg people and be dumb. And so it's just Mm -hmm. like that, you know, sort of does the opposite of fetishizing. There's lots of different roles that he plays. And, you know, so I feel great about giving him my money.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. P- porn is just so problematic, and not because it's porn. You know what I mean? Like, but um, yeah. but I, that's why I just like solo shit. I like literally mm-hmm. just watch people masturbate. That's like what I like, and I especially like it when they're very verbal. That's the kind of thing that I go for. So mm-hmm. I just be on the right. OnlyFans. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that's that mm-hmm. I'm paying for it, and like this person is like giving me an experience, and I feel less alone. Yeah, the experience, the experience. I feel like
2: I feel like there's a lot more freedom with OnlyFans, also to kind of imagine the scenario that you want it to be than there is when you're watching something that's shot in a studio. And like, I, so like, I'm not a person who's spent a lot of time watching a lot of porn in general. And OnlyFans is really new to me. Like I subscribed for the first time, I think in January of this year. Um, And so, and I found it through Twitter. And I think that's another really important thing is like, how do you find these people on Twitter? And it's like, if you know of any, um porn stars kind of period if you start clicking on their profiles they're linking to other porn stars and you can mm-hmm. kind of find people who are doing a lot of studio work and then you'll find people who are doing a lot of who are solo sex workers who are doing only family and work, um, and you can support them, and you can support them on a subscription basis, which is really nice because you're putting a little bit of um, income into their pockets. So I agree. I think that's a great way to do it, and and it's just a, about a little bit of Twitter hunt. And if you're me, you might at first feel a little bit surprised, and all of a sudden you click on a on a Twitter profile and you see like like a fucking scene or a masturbation scene. <laughs> but you get used to it, and actually it's like really fun and really hot. Um, and it's also just a great way to get a taste of someone's um, content so that you can kind of get a sense of what they're doing, what they're saying um, with someone like Cage Jock, what the poli- what their politics are and what they're trying to present. Um, so the information's out
3: there. Highly recommend having a free Twitter account to that, Dennis, having an account that is just for porn right. oh, because you don't yeah. want to accidentally like some, something from your main. You don't want yeah. to have like, to, to be it. at work and on your, you know, you pull up Twitter to to like see what the fucking shit is happening in the world and like, it's like full on orgy scene three pictures Uh. down so free twitter account (laughs) that Uh, is um, a good point (laughs) yes 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 all right last up we have hello from scotland thoughts i hope you're all managing okay over in the states yeah we're we're all doing great Uh, I have a very important virus-related question for your, Penny, for your thoughts. What is your ideal response for boys on Grindr who still insist on meeting up for hookups despite there being a lockdown? I don't feel like Grindr is a good place for my three-message-long rants about why we need to think about the safety of the wider queer community right now. Sending love and please help XOXO.
4: I agree with the sentiment that Grindr is not a good place for... Dot dot dot. Literally anything. Um, you know, like I, I think, like I, I, it's it. it really, it, I don't. I'm really confused by people who like seek discourse and like want to like have conversations with people they don't know on Grinder. That's me. That this. is me. I, it's very, it's very Joe. You're a very Pisces man in that regard. Um, but I think that personally, y- there's a s- civic and social responsibility to educating people in your circle about this. Pandemic and the best way to go about it. And if you are wasting your time on grinder talking to people and flirting with people, I'm saying wasting. You know, whatever gets you off, that's fine. But you know, if that you're investing your time in that, those are people, quote unquote, in your circle that you could be helping um, make ethical choices. I think that it's worth your while to educate those people by. Basically just sending them information, like have a one-liner, have a paragraph from an article from an actual kind of news source that taps the information about what, how social justice distancing flattens the curve um, and, and helps save lives in the course of it.
3: Yeah, I think there have been a couple of news stories coming out in the past few days that have been really shocking. Uh, you know, We sort of mm-hmm. had the assumption that this thing was not going to affect our younger folk in our community. That's not the case. We mm-hmm. see younger people hospitalized. We see some people 40 and under with no health conditions dying. Um, and so, you know, I think correcting that misinformation about, oh, it's not a big deal to me personally. No, Bench, not only is it for the community, it is actually turning out to be a big deal for you personally.
4: And other misinformation that we're getting is people in government positions saying, this is not sustainable. We have to get the economy back up. We are going to have churches packed by Easter, quote unquote. Like, let's, it's going to be over in three weeks, quote unquote. Like, that's just, that's not true. That's misinformation that is poisoning other people who are less informed and don't read all the information there is around it. That's, you can't let, and that maybe those, the people who are DMing you on Grindr saying, let's hook up, are getting their news from idiots. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. you know, it's, it's literally a matter of correct, course correcting that. Uh, actual those lies and that misinformation um, and sending them the information that will save them mm-hmm. and other people yeah
1: it's time we got to the meat of our discussion the thought process of thot, T-H-O-T, to sling T-H-O-T. Us, we're gonna get better at that and to sling <laughs> us your micro <laughs> meat, it's joe
3: all right, everybody. Hi, Thoughts, and welcome today, 525,600 of our coronavirus lockdown. What oh, time... my gosh. I know. I'm so sorry. What better <laughs> time is there, we figured, than being locked away from all our queer family and our loved ones to talk about what it means to be close to someone. Yes, babies, today we're talking about intimacy. There are tons of different kinds of intimacy, of course. Intimacy can imply sex, like they got intimate. But gays everywhere know that intimacy is not a prerequisite for hopping on the D train. Intimacy is present in romantic relationships, but also in friendships, in work relationships, and family. So to start, my perfectly isolated family of thoughts. Can you think of a moment in your life when things got too intimate? Um, Earth sign, hello. Uh, Can you think of a time in your life when they didn't? Perhaps literally.
4: Yeah, I'm like every intimate situation is too much intimacy. Hello. Um, if sex, if, if if I'm having sex and there's intimacy, I'm like goodbye. Like just full dissociation goes like flying over my body. Um, yeah. No. Um, I uh, to be totally serious. Um, uh I'm trying to think of something that comes to mind where uh, so, so the answer honestly not nothing that comes to mind for me wow. um because because I, I I don't really do intimacy <laughs> um like uh like at least with with casual hookups um like when I'm with people the 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 most the number one feedback I'll get after is like hey you weren't really there <laughs> you know what I mean that's like <laughs> oh so, that's like so that's so dark but and you know I take that feedback and I you know you know help better myself but Mm -hmm. some people will say hey i didn't really feel like you were in it
3: tommy i have a
1: question and that is like um when we're saying too intimate do we mean dependent
3: Uh, what does that mean no by too intimate i meant a time when um maybe you trusted someone to be intimate with that Uh, and that trust was burned, or maybe uh, you uh, opened up and it didn't go well. Yes, in that case, absolutely. (laughs) And that is
1: like the reason for my intimacy issues now. I mean, I feel like in both, like I I can think of a couple of friendships and also like a couple of um, near partnerships that like, I felt like I um, exposed myself and
4: was rejected. And I was like, well, never doing that again. Catch (laughs) me later. (laughs) I enter everything with caution. So I, I think a, a reason why I have a hard time answering this question is because I, if I get to the point of intimacy, I have calculated and calculated and calculated and calculated all like an entire risk assessment to make sure that I don't get hurt, right? Mm-hmm. So I've I've been, I'm so careful by the time I get there that I never feel like the intimis, the intimacy is like oh I'm making a mistake, right? Because I've just done so much, which I'm not necessarily saying is a good thing. It's just. How I protect myself,
3: Dennis. I so
2: I'm nowhere near as calculated as Fran is, but I I relate somewhat to what you're saying. I would say the last situation I was in where um, things got too intimate for me was um, a relation, a, a, a situation where I was dating someone in the fall of 2017 and early 2018, and um, I desperately wanted um, a a sort of a relationship with this person where we were on equal footing. And so I, I did a really good job of putting myself out there, um, emotionally because I just sort of made it very clear what I wanted. And I think that this person, it was an interesting situation because this person sort of wanted to care for me and hold me emotionally in these ways, but wouldn't allow me to do the same for them. So like they weren't willing to be so intimate with me, it was way too intimate for them, and I struggle sometimes when I think about it because I don't know if that means that that I was was too intimate or if it was just like a mismatch because maybe we're people who didn't who who don't deal with intimacy in the same way. Right. Um, but it, yeah, it's a really really interesting thing. Um, to think about the way in which the ways in which we're mismatches sometimes.
3: Yeah, I mean, I um, I definitely feel that, Dana. Sometimes it's just like people need different types of intimacy. Yeah. Uh, to answer this question, um, there's a scene in my, bo- in my book in which uh, someone was eating me out, and uh, a little bit of poo was in my hole, and <laughs> that is <laughs> definitely a time <laughs> where I was. Way too intimate. <laughs> uh, but to answer more, Fran's face is so upset. I,
4: I have no. I have no commentary.
3: He, he Fran no, that Fran's face just there. The facial expression he he made broke the zooms. Make me prettier. Feature gave <laughs> <laughs> <He came> up. <laughs> it, it just stopped. Um, no, to answer the question seriously, this is a huge problem for me because I love intimacy a lot, and it's taken me a long time to be a little bit more guarded with my own heart. I um. I think a lot about people who when you meet them, they're immediately like offering you all of these like forms of intimacy that usually one builds up to. They're sort of telling you about their past. They maybe are telling you about trauma in their past. They're maybe sort of opening up about family oh, stuff yeah, that normally yeah, yeah. you would build up to. They're maybe saying like how like within a day or two of meeting, like how close they want to be with you, how they want to do everything together, and this and that. Mm-hmm. And like all of those things sort of uh and when I was younger, it would make me feel like, Oh, I've really found someone here, but I had to learn by fucking trial and error that those things are often like come quickly and leave quickly that, that, Mm -hmm. that intimacy does actually need to be earned and that that pattern, um, can be a traumatic response on the other person's part um, Mm -hmm. to some issues that they haven't dealt with uh, and sort of it might pull you into some of some of their issues and codependencies and i think teams you were hinting at like what's the difference between intimacy and dependency and dependency and codependency especially at this time when we're right now like we're both so isolated from one another but then that means you're so dependent on your friends for any sort of interaction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right like intimacy
4: the stakes for intimacy just got so much higher
1: yeah Ah, yeah i often have the problem now that you mention it i have the i I think because (laughs) uh, this might be sounding like i'm blowing smoke on my own ass but i i'm i pride myself on being a very good listener and so i i found a lot when i was younger and i'd be at like parties or something meeting people for the first time um that they would disclose things to me yeah, I was like, uh, and I would talk about this with my friend Chantal because she's like a similar person. And it's like, how come like within the first like half hour of knowing you, I know all of your motherfucking tea. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I know where on the doll they touched you. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm not, I don't want that information. I'm not a priest. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a chemist. You know what I mean? Like I'm not here to do your emotional labor. And I, I found it an early friendship, a friendship early, early, early on. That um I I I try I, you know, I, I was still young and I was naive and I thought like I I would give everything for this person and I realized mm-hmm. I could give everything and they would take it all. And, and I was like, oh no, mm-hmm. no, no, I can't actually be with somebody like you anymore. Here's the thing. You'll know if we're actually gotten to the core of our uh, of our beings, if you see my feet. Up until then, we ain't oh. that close.
3: I'm going back through my memory. I'm like, have I seen Tommy's feet? Have I seen no. Tommy's feet? Have I seen no, Tommy's no,
4: feet?
3: No, you have oh my not. god.
4: I think it's a Particularly prevalent question, and this is something that we're starting to talk about in like at this very specific cultural moment we're in, where like we intimacy means a completely different thing when we cannot physically touch people, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, sh- shout out my heart goes out to everyone who, um, where uh, a physical touch is your number one uh, love language of the five love languages. So sorry for you at this time, um, because that's something that everybody I feel you know, it's, it's really. deprived of even if you don't like being touched i'm someone who doesn't love to be touched it's not my primary um so you know i it's not something that i but even now it's just like oh my god i just like would love to be spooned right now yeah um uh i think that um intimacy has a new meaning or at least Mm -hmm. a version of intimacy has a new meaning in that i'm facetiming friends every day I'm yeah. FaceTiming, and not just that, I'm FaceTiming people that I've never FaceTimed before. Yeah, right? same. People, mm-hmm. people that yeah. I've only ever texted in my entire life, or maybe got drinks with, or something like that. I now am calling or FaceTiming, which is, I think, in a lot of ways, calling and FaceTiming is something so that's more intimate. More, in, more intimate than going to a bar with them. Right? Oh God, because, yeah. because you have gone out of your way to do something that is exclusively about conversation. Right? Conversation is the currency, and you have dedicated yourself to an uninterrupted amount of time with this person, uh, and you're there literally to talk. MS.
2: Well, yeah, and I think. one of the things that you're touching on that's so interesting for me is the idea that like like calling people and like talking on the phone used to be a really commonplace thing. Like that was the primary way that my friends and I communicated with each other when we were in high school. If if we didn't live super close to each other, like we would talk on the phone, and like my parents would get frustrated, and they were like, "We have to get a second phone line because you're on the phone too much." You remember in... a
3: second phone line? I oh, do! My remember my a second phone, phone, phone line. line. That's before how you someone was rich. If they were rich, they had a phone line. my parents were like not and not ever get off the fucking phone with your little fucking friends
2: and a separate and a separate line for your dial-up internet as well remember yes <laughs> like you had to yes. have that um and so wow i've just aged us and but it's interesting because like as i came of age and started dating like that was a thing that was no more like i have had whole relationships with people and we barely Talk on the phone, and if we do, it's only for a few minutes, and it's only a really quick, convenient like thing. Um, but I think that's really indicative of what's happening in this moment, which is really interesting for me. Which is that intimacy, which I think has been feared for so long for so many people. When you look at like so many therapists talk about the idea of like fear of intimacy and 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 fear of the different kinds of intimacy are like at the root of so many people's relationship problems, um, both in their romantic relationships and in other relationships, and it's becoming. Um, now it's like everyone has the fear of losing intimacy because we
1: can't
2: um, meet up with people because the physical aspect of that for so many of us has, has been disappeared. And so we have to go after it now. And I think that's, that's like a really significant paradigm shift.
3: Yeah, I'm really struggling with that because I have mm. huge, massive phone call anxiety. And I have really for a long time. There are really only a few people in the world that I don't feel anxious about. When, we, when my phone rings, when someone calls me, I'm just—I literally want to throw my <laughs> phone into the wall. Like it is just like I have this anxious response to it that is crazy, and it's something that I am working on in therapy. People that I'm also trying to accept. But I, I've found that even in this time, where um, with most of my friends, that's the only all of my friends. That's the only way that I'm going to interact with them. That it still is a huge amount of emotional labor for me to talk to them on the phone or FaceTime. Like, Mm -hmm. I just feel exhausted afterwards. I'll have like a 10 or 15 minute conversation. (laughs) Fran Fran is losing it. We are opposite people. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I mean, I love... I just love the sound of people's voices. It's my favorite thing in the whole world, like talking, singing, everything like that. And so I find so much comfort in hearing the sound of someone's voice just because it is like the added element. I was thinking about how you can show affection without touching someone. And oftentimes for me, that is like letting someone hear the sound of my voice and hearing the sound of somebody else's voice. So you can hear the affection in somebody's voice. You know what I mean? And like, mm -hmm. that gives me a lot of solace. And also I find that here's, here's the thing. I'm not breaking the mold by saying if you have trouble with intimacy, you probably have trouble with yourself. So I'm just going to lay it out there. Yes, that's probably my main modus <laughs> operandi. But being in the motherfucking quarantine, I am with myself in ways that I have never been before. And I am yeah. seeing parts of myself that I was like, you know what, I would probably try to run away from you. I'm literally seeing crevices in my body that I've tried to ignore. You know what I mean? And so it's like having this, having this much time with myself, I feel so much better about myself. Do you? Like, mm. Yes, because it's like, oh, what was I so fucking afraid of? I'm mm. actually pretty yeah. great.
3: <laughs> I feel that. I feel that, too.
2: Tommy and I are very similar in that way when it comes to the human voice. Um, hello, Sagittarius. Yes. Life, perhaps. Yes. Um, And so for me, it's interesting because I don't, um, I miss the culture of phone calls. And I one of the things that I love about them, talking to someone on the phone with cell phones, is that the phone is just so close to my ear that it can feel like the person is next to me when they're not. So it's something that I actually love and and miss and, and am relying um, on in this, in this time. But the other thing I was going to say is that that just, that just sounds like a really great pivot into the idea of intimacy with ourselves and all of the ways in which we um, potentially are being forced to face ourselves because we have so much time alone at this, at this moment.
4: I'm really interested to hear from everyone thinking about intimacy with the self um about sex specifically right we touched a little bit last week on like sex in the time of quarantine and when you say the word intimacy you usually are talking about sex kind of Mm -hmm. or a lot of times you're talking about sex or like physical romance of some kind how are you guys finding intimacy with Yourself, or you know, Joe. I know you have corn. Joe, I know has corn. Bay, or some of us are having like cyber sex. Like, what is that looking like for everyone? <laughs> a lot of us are masturbating. Like, what 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 does this look like for everyone?
1: Phone sex. Phone sex. phone sex. Jeez. I just am just phone sex. again. It's the voice, but it's also like. I know how to be fucking sexy, my friend. And yeah, you do. I know how to put that on my voice and put some respect mm. on that. <laughs> yeah, she gets paid for that shit. <laughs> so it, yeah. so um, in, in addition to the, the solace of another person's voice, it's also hearing somebody... I just fucking love dirty talk, my dude. I love fucking dirty talk. And like here, I just, that will get me off way faster than fucking porn. You know what I mean? That's why Mm -hmm. I like to look for porn that has verbal aspects to it because I like to hear Mm -hmm. a person tell me you want to be my little bitch. Yes, I do want to be your little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, I got that. I mean, that's so correct. Literally,
2: like when I can find like solo verbal porn where a guy is calling himself daddy, I'm like, I'm, I'm, ready to go. That is what, that is what I need. Um, for me, this is one of the big challenges of this moment though. Um, and so I'm, and so I'm going to like say things that I probably w- w- didn't think I was going to say on this, on this broadcast. You're going to top? Um, n- no. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no. You were kombucha girl <laughs> well, just now. kombucha girl. <laughs> 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 you never know. Um, but no, like, so for me, because the timing of, of, of this really, really sucks because I'm in, these, I was in these two situations that are very sort of up in the air and nebulous. And so figuring out, first of all, for me, figuring out what I want and what I need in this time sort of sexually for that self-intimacy is a challenge. And it's something that's requiring a lot of thought and a lot of time for me. And then figuring out what I feel comfortable asking for and saying that I'm needing, um, from these people that are sort of pseudo partners, um, in different situations. One person that I'm seeing is married, but in an open relationship. Um, and so navigating that when I'm asking for things that I wouldn't normally ask for, or that I'm wanting things that I wouldn't normally ask for is something that I just am taking a lot of thought and conscientiousness with. And then my other situation is something that is brand new. We had an amazing first date, literally five days before the city <laughs> shut down.
0: And, That's hilarious.
2: And, and so learning how we communicate and what we need and how what's best for both of us to sort of get through this situation and make sure that we have the same momentum and energy, um, at the end of it is like challenging for me. So it's a lot of, um, Figuring out again what I feel comfortable, what I need, and what I feel comfortable asking for, because it's just I was in two very nebulous situations.
1: Mm. I gotta say, it's my I'm, this this is my ideal time to shine because like I can have this phone sex with people and I can sleep in my bed by my motherfucking self. Mm. Like I'm <laughs> thriving. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> were born
4: this. I think that you know, Dennis, you're you're kind of prompt about self intimacy is like a really powerful one and something that you know I think that all of us are really, really, really. T- inspecting in ourselves at this particular moment. I personally am someone who dissociates hard during sex and intimacy or also everything. Um, And so now that we have all this time to ourselves, all this, all this meditative time to ourselves, you're forced to have a mindful or rather you should be, you know, telling yourself to have more mindful masturbation mm-hmm. experiences, mindful set into, uh, spaces with intimacy. We've talked about the erotic self and what it means to have an erotic life without a partner, right? You no, know, go back and listen to that episode. But like we, we I think it's, it's a really powerful thing for all of y'all listening to this pod, podcast right now to do more than just the the one and done like J-O, you know what I mean? Or like outside of like masturbation, like, you know, think about how your body feels. It's like not fun right now, but you have to pay attention because we're sitting a lot. Sitting's mm. bad for you. We're mm-hmm. not drinking enough water, that's bad mm-hmm. for you. You are not. You might not be feeding yourself three meals a day, right? That's an aversion of intimacy. It, just mm-hmm. knowing your body is, is mm-hmm. something like that. And I yes. think that right now your sex life uh, or rather, your self sex, sex life is something that you can improve upon with poise mm-hmm. and mindfulness and things that you otherwise would not explore.
1: And it can also help with anxiety to check in literally mm-hmm. with your body. Yep. It helps mm-hmm. me just to be like, "What do my feet feel like on the ground right now?" Yes. When when I start to spiral, and so like, and like, where where do the ends? Where do my fingers end? You know, like mm-hmm. little things like that that bring mm-hmm. me back into myself that just really help with the motherfucking panic of the goddamn world right now.
3: So I mean, you know, for me, this is like a really tough time because my definition of intimacy is not sex at all my definition mm. of intimacy is um, comfortable silence with a loved one and that, <laughs> <laughs> you corny ass bitch I, know. I fucking hate you so much you I know. ruin everything <laughs> I know. And, and, that, and that can be um, that can be like after sex with a partner but that can also just be with best friends like when I think about um, intimacy I think about driving in a car with my best friend Whitney and like music is on and we talk But then we also just don't talk. It's like fine, you know, it's like no matter what happens, everything is fine. And so one thing that I've been doing to fill that intimacy hole is like um, FaceTime co-working where I don't get anxious about it because it's not like a phone call, but like someone is in their home and I'm in my home. Like virtual writing dates. And we put on FaceTime and we chit chat, but mostly not. It's like, and I actually had a moment where I really cried the other day because I was having a really low day and I was FaceTime uh, working with someone and I had my headphones in, which I don't always do But that day I did. And uh, they were in Brooklyn and I was looking out my window and my window was open. And so I could feel the breeze uh, and there were no birds in my neighborhood. But I could hear birds chirping through the FaceTime. Mm. And
1: you know that reminds me of um of Anne Sexton and Maxine Cumin. Um, they used to call each other and then put the phone down and then type and then write yeah. with each other. And then like if one of them yeah. wanted to like ask a question, they would like do a boop boop on the side of the phone and they would like pick it up. But it was just like holding themselves accountable, but also being like, and eh, we're kind of yeah. shut ins. <laughs>
3: yeah but it's like being together in the way that you can and it was the the moment where i really felt so emotional was i was like i was being with the nature of his house not just with him but like with the birds outside his window Mm. um and it felt really it felt like that was a way to be close to someone in a way that makes me feel intimate and cared for and loved
1: i think you're writing a poem joe Uh,
3: i hate i hate (laughs) poets
1: (laughs) I'm feeling full, but like I can fit one more thing inside of me. Dennis knows how I feel. Ooh.
2: <laughs> Not uh, for this, long, y'all. Not for
1: long. <laughs> this week. We're the gonna Brio Suisse is closed. Oh, Lord.
2: <laughs> the, the,
1: the business. In, we're talking about tiger king on netflix about the gay gun-coding <laughs> beach mole having polygamous wildcat aficionado joe exotic what are your thoughts on this shit
4: oh I, my god you know what's so funny is okay so like i'm reading um I- i'm reading a lot about how what it means to write for the screen right now i'm working on a pilot i'm working on a feature um and one of the one of the like there's like this big long section about you know not adding too many details into a character or giving too many turns to a plot or like like doing too much and it's just like oh this character has too much going on like it's just not realistic mm. joe exotic is a one of these i mean all every character in the show is like if you fictional, if this were fiction, and you brought it to a class, will no, be like, "No, no!" Everyone no. be like, "This is not realistic. <laughs> this is not. This is." But this is a motherfucking docu series. What is going on? I mean, loosely, I mean, the, the the top line is there are these two. Well, there are three ish, four ish zoo owners, and they all hate each other. They're across the country, but there's this particular rivalry between Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin, who are like rival um zoo owners and it's hey just, there they're, all
3: you cats and kittens yeah it's just it's,
4: <laughs> but every character is so insanely abnormal and so rich and so complex and so fucked up and and everyone is evil but also you're kind of rooting for everyone but like at the same time you're like no everyone should go to jail or like you know oh wait maybe all the tigers should just eat them like yes, it's yes.
3: did carol baskin kill her husband that's in like one of the first episodes it's not a spoiler
4: okay Everyone knows that my favorite thing is evil women, and so yes, she did, and I stand <laughs> in Carol to the tiger. <laughs> she fed him to the motherfucking tigers. Absolutely he deserved convincing. it. <laughs> Otherwise, he absolutely deserved it. Um, this he show did was deserve amazing. it, though um and yeah once again i work at netflix full disclosure don't sue me but like i have nothing to gain if you watch or don't watch the show it's just very bizarre because the guy is literally gay and you're like how is this person real like mm-hmm. I, I and you know and you know me honestly like one of my favorite things is quote unquote negative queer representation right like i love when a <laughs> queer person gets to be bad right i i think that yeah. i love the complexity of an evil faggot and this <laughs> is one every this is one oh. evil faggot Ooh, you guys like let so me tell evil. you it is bizarre i i have my jaw dropped so many times in the first two episodes the last two episodes <laughs> are really dark my job rough. was perpetually
3: <laughs> dropped. Like, every yes. twist was just like, n- no, but they... I not, not didn't did, think it could go there, and they did. And, and, like, not only could it go there, but they have the footage. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not only did that happen in Maybe. real life, but they had the footage. And then, well, I was so confused because there are a couple of times where the show documents this giant destruction of the footage for one reason or another. Right. So you're like, you see the footage go up in flames, but then you're like, how did I have everything already in the documentary? And if this is what survived, what? <laughs> like what? Oh my was, god! What was
4: burned? Like, I, yeah, it's 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 very that. And like, there are just so many moments where you're like I can't believe this happened. Like, I don't want to like spoil too many things. So there's one character who loses his hand, and you're kind of like very confused about the whole debacle. There's another. Um, I mean, there's like murders. There's like a court dra- courtroom drama moment. Um, there are so many different like twists in this. There's like a, a Mormon guy who has like nine wives and like Joe Exotic has two husbands. Yeah, and and they, are, they like so are they straight or are
3: Are his yeah. husbands yeah. straight or gay?
4: And there's I, drugs in it.
3: Oh my God. I
1: kept wondering like it's how everything. does this man keep getting young
4: husbands and it's like oh he takes
3: yes. advantage of their addictions. Yeah. Yes. Oh my I
1: mean, my there's, God.
4: De- there's definitely an ethical, there's a lot of murky ethical territory especially in the last two yeah. episodes where you're like, oh, this is very bad and fucked up, which, I, yeah. again, I won't spoil it, but, like, they're definitely not amazing. And it's exploitative of people who have addiction and exploitative of people who live in the South. But it still is very entertaining to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it, also, like, it also,
3: like, begs the question, like, what's the documentarian's role? It's like, he mm-hmm. is the documentarian simply a witness and they have sort of no ethical uh, qualms? You know, it's like you actually see a death in a security camera footage, you know? It's, like, really... Intense and and sort of just positioning yourself as a witness or a viewer feels weird. Given those, right? Uh, you know. and
1: it's like you don't actually see the person die, but you see people watch the person die. Yeah, thank you to everybody who got into my um, my messages, my my DMs, my mentions, my texts, my emails to tell me that there was a new series and that someone in it was six foot six. So thank you. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so true. <laughs> <It's> so true. <laughs> yeah, it's those awesome. arms oh and God. the tattoos and oh,
2: Travis. Travis. Oh, my goodness. Maybe I am going to watch this. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. You are the Dennis ah. of this guy.
3: Oh, God. We'll see.
1: This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our home at iHeartRadio. Our producer is currently cuddled in the quarantine with her cat that thinks it's dog, Alexandra De Palma. Our production manager is patiently waiting for her ball gag COVID mask to come in the mail, Elizabeth B. <laughs> our social media manager is shocked that any of you, and myself included, shocked that any of you thought DeBrat was straight. Anyway, <laughs> Christina Tucker. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or else next episode will be one solid hour of Joe breathing into the mic. <laughs> I am Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Thieves,
4: H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on all relevant social media. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squishco on Instagram and Twitter.
2: I'm Dennis Source Second, and you can find me on Twitter at The Earl Denden, T-H-E-E-A-R-L-D-E-N-D-E-N. And
3: I am Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com.
1: Find us on Instagram as gay sluts who read and join us on Facebook and Twitter at food for thought pod, where each week we pin some questions at the top of our page to continue the discussion of this week's main topic, sign up for a newsletter to see a list of everything we're reading and some extra delectable content and food, food for thought that was disgusting At food for thought podcast.com and finally send your questions, thoughts, concerns and pics the thoughts at food for thought podcast.com. as always that's food the number four and thought spelled how
3: TH It's
0: so bad. It's
3: so bad. Oh, Why Zoom. was that
4: so weird?
3: It's so hard. So so oh my God. <laughs> Mu <intimidatingly>. <sound> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.